Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Compton's Encyclopedia say that the English language contains, sorry it's a bit echoey, um, 500,000 words approximately. What do you think, turn to the people around you, the average person's working vocabulary is out of that 500,000 words? What's the average person's working vocabulary? Okay, 500,000 words to choose from. Um, who's gone for like 200,000, 100,000, 50,000? Anybody say that? Oh, wow. Uh, 20,000. One person said 20,000. Okay, um, 10,000. Oh, lots of people. Anybody think 5,000? Anybody think less than 5,000? Yep. 2,000. That's the average vocabulary. Now, of that 2,000 words that people kind of have in their average vocabulary, on a daily kind of basis, even weekly basis, the number of words that a person most frequently uses that make up, therefore, their habitual vocabulary, the words that they say out of those um, couple of thousand for most people, it averages less than 300 words. It's unbelievable, isn't it? You know, we, we end up very often saying the same kind of things over and over again, especially as we get older. <laughs> <laughs> By contrast, John Milton's writings used about 17,000 words. William Shakespeare's 24,000 words and he made quite a lot of them up. (laughs) He basically just invented a whole bunch of words. 5,000 of the words that he used in his plays he only used one time. Of those half a million words there's about 3,000 which describe emotions. How many of the 3,000 do you think would describe negative emotions? About 2,500. We have far more words to describe negative emotions than we do to describe positive emotions which says you're going to have to work at this doesn't it it means if we're going because your words shape your life the way that you 
say things is shaping so much of the world around you. The way you describe how you feel. Three people could have the same situation happen to them. One of them says, I am furious. Yeah, that word furious. It's going to affect them, isn't it? Another person says, I am frustrated. Another one says, I'm peeved. <laughs> Which one of them is going to experience the, you know, the highest range of emotion in that? It's a furious person, isn't it? Because the words that we say are so powerful. They are creating our world. We've got to watch our words. We have to think about our words. And that's just in the natural sense. Just generally, that's everybody. But we're going to be obviously thinking about the Bible today and uh, how the Bible talks about words and the powers. I mean, I'm, there's all kinds of things that the Bible talks about with regard to words generally. But we're going to look at blessings. And also we're going to look at curses. And um, the good news is that in the Bible, the blessings outweigh the curses far more. There's so much more blessing than there is curses, if you like. There's so much more positive, because that's who God is. That's, uh, that's the language of heaven. That's how heaven operates. It's a positive kingdom. Is, do you think there's ever a, an empty glass in heaven? I don't think so. Do you think God's ever half full? So, uh, I did a little article in the week about how, you know, what a blessing it was to me because um, in the week I had this thing whereby after we've done this stuff with the mosque, for some reason I had a couple of items of hate mail. Some people wrote, I don't even know who they were, anonymous items of hate mail. And they came, kind of came in. But then somebody anonymously in the church sent me some kind of love mail. Not too loving, but you know what I mean? Any kind of love mail, like, uh, anyway. Like, uh, very positive words is what I mean. And then, um, and then a whole bunch of people who I don't even know, a church in Birmingham, just uh, got this other package. And I was like, oh no, is this going to be another one of those horrible packages addressed to me that's full of horrible things? Um, and I opened it, and it was stacks of postcards, and it was hundreds of prayers and blessings for Manchester, for Ivy, for us. And, you know, I just got, spread them all out. I looked around and I thought, well, this is how it works with God. His blessings, his positives far outweigh the negatives if we'll let them. But we've got to choose that. In the Bible, the word bless occurs 544 times. The word curse only appears 280 times. But... Which words are more frequent in your life? The power of spoken blessing is really clear in the whole of Scripture, from the beginning to the very end. How did the human race get started? We've been in this series in the evenings, whenever I got a chance to be able to speak on it and other things don't happen, to think about the kingdom of heaven and how it works in terms of the kingdom of heaven. And this is a big subject in terms of in kingdom thinking because we kept on going back to how the human race got started and it got started with a blessing. The first words that God spoke over Adam and Eve were words of blessing. You know, often you hear people talking about original sin. 
You know, that idea of original sin. But before there was any idea of original sin, there was an original blessing. Our God gave this unconditional original blessing to the whole human race. I love the way it reads in the message, Genesis chapter 1. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. I think we're going to go on to the next slide in a minute. God created human beings. He created them godlike to reflect his nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. This is what he blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible. Be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. What a fantastic blessing. God when he first created people, spoke that blessing, all kinds of blessings over them, over us. That's the first word over us. So the first word over you before you were ever born is a blessing. And Jesus taught his followers to go out and to bless and to be a blessing wherever they went. And he constantly demonstrated that with them. And then what's the last word about us? I mean, the last words that Jesus spoke over the assembled group of disciples. We just, in the church calendar recently, had the the feast day of ascension where we remember Jesus died and rose again and ascended to heaven. And that's described in Luke 24. It says, as he was ascending to heaven, he spoke these words of blessing. He then led them out of the city. Raising his hands, he blessed them. And while blessing them, he took his leave and was carried up to heaven. It's like the last thing Jesus does before he goes to be with his father in heaven until he comes again is to leave a blessing on his people. That's on us. See, the world around us thinks, if you think of a blessing, you think of it as like an occasional happy event. Oh, that was a real blessing when that happened. It's just something that kind of, um, you know, I, w- I, was, I, was, I was blessed by something. If, if you've been in church long enough and you speak Christianese, <laughs> then uh, you don't say, I, that was lucky. You say, I was blessed. <laughs> but the thing is, the Greek word makarios is the same. Lucky and blessed same word so in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says you're blessed when this and you're blessed when that and you're blessed whenever he's saying you're lucky when that happens the angels appear to the uh, shepherds remember this at Christmas a bit warm isn't it to be thinking about Christmas but they say they, to the it says, you know, it says, it says, you're, you know, you're, you're blessed, and he said, and actually, he's saying to them, you, you lucky people, that the Messiah is going to come, that the Savior is going to come. That's what it's the same word, you know, Gabriel gives to Mary. You're the most blessed woman. You're the luckiest woman. It's like favor. It's all included in it. It's like God's favoring you. How fortunate if you don't like the word lucky. 
The Old Testament word is berakah, and it means it, it is a more godly kind of word in a sense because it, it basically is only ever tied to God. It's a spiritual good thing that happens because of God. That is what a blessing is. And it's, and it's got two things it is. It's, it's spiritual and material. There are spiritual blessings and there are material blessings and sometimes you can't tell the difference because they're just the same. So, are you blessed? One person is. Oh, right, I'm going to, hang on, I'm going to go back over there. <clears throat> so, are you blessed? Yes. Yes, you are. You are. The Bible says so. I think the Bible's true. So if you believe the Bible's true, you are, you are blessed because the Bible says you are blessed. The truth is this. The day you give your life to Jesus Christ, blessings, all kinds of other blessings start to operate in your life. Look what Ephesians 1 says happens. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ or in Christ Jesus. When you get in Christ, you get, you get all kinds of untold blessings over your life. This says that you have been blessed and you are blessed and you will be blessed. Why? Is it because you deserve it? Why is it? According to the passage. No. Because we are united with Christ. Is God going to bless Christ? Sorry? Yes. It's been interactive. So if you're in Christ, if you're united with Christ, you are going to be blessed. That's it. That, it's not like because you're better than anybody. It's not because I'm a better person or, or whatever. Because I am united to Christ, because I'm united with him, because if he gets blessed, I get blessed, and he's going to be blessed because he's the Christ. He's the anointed one. You can depend on that because you depend on Jesus, and he's dependable. Jesus is the source of your personal blessing. And this is the second bit. Through him, you have the ability to bless others. In fact, notice the ability, you have responsibility to bless others. Because the Bible never ever talks about a blessing as just being something for you. It's always through you. It's always for others. It's you're blessed to be a blessing. It's something that is meant to flow through you. And, the, and actually, here's another you know, glass empty. The, the glass never, you empty the, the glass and then it just filled up again. One Peter, you see, this isn't automatic. You have to decide to do this because you can switch it off if you like. This, the, the, that, that, that first one, go back one, that first one you can't do anything about. You're going to be blessed. But whether you're going to be a blessing is up to you. Let's see an example of that in the next passage. 1 Peter 3 verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Is it possible to repay evil with evil? Is it possible to repay an insult with an insult? Right, okay. This says don't. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may what? What happens when you give a blessing? 
you inherit one. What happens when you repay with evil with evil? You don't, yeah, you're going to get more. You're going to get more. You're going to reap what you sow. If you repay an insult with insult, that's, it's just going to keep on increasing. Whereas if you, on the contrary, do what is unexpected, do what is supernatural, supernatural just means you know, above what is natural. If you do what you are called to do and you bless, even when a person has done something wrong, then look out. You're going to inherit a blessing. It's not like necessarily, oh, this just happened and then it happened, but it'll happen because God's watching. There is a blessing that you inherit, but sometimes you have to go through something in order to be able to get it. Maybe some hard times, maybe some opposition. But when you don't respond like for like, just trust it. God's going to do something. So blessings and curses are both about words. Spiritual words. Words are already powerful. We've already seen that. But we're talking now about words that are infused with supernatural power. There's something even more powerful that we're talking about tonight. We're talking about blessings and curses. Supernatural power that actually the Bible says can affect not just a person, but can affect multiple generations after them. Time and time again, the Bible talks about that. The the power of blessing or curse in a family line. How that can go on and be passed on from one generation to another, to another, to another. Different generations. Either for good or for evil. The Old Testament patriarchs, people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and even Esau, knew all about the power of a blessing. The incredible, life-altering power of receiving a blessing. It's interesting, it's Father's Day. They hungered for that Father's blessing so much in their lives. And ultimately, the good news is we can all receive that because of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who we talked about in that previous passage. He longs to bless us and already has done. But in the Old Testament way, it had to come through their natural father, it seems. So they were hungry for it to come through their natural father, and they did whatever they could to be able to get that because they knew the power of it. Abraham's journey starts out with God saying, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. And then he says even more, he says, I will bless whoever blesses you and I will curse whoever curses you. Why why would God do that to Abraham? Because he heard God and obeyed him. That's it. That's what he says time and time again because he listened to God and he did what he said. That was it. And God changed his story as a result of doing that. And God wants the story of your life to be the same as well. He wants you to hear and me to hear what he tells us and to do what he says. And if we do that, we're going to inherit all kinds of different blessings. I'm confident in being a blessed man. Not because I'm any better than anybody else. But I'm just confident in that. I expect to be blessed in my life. I already have been. And I expect more and more. I expect to inherit more and more blessings. Um, a couple of times, not done it too much. There wasn't a time I was going to buy a car off a guy 
and I didn't really have quite the money that I needed to be able to do it. But I basically said to him, look, if you do me a really good deal, I'm a blessed man. And if you bless me, you'll be blessed. And he looked at me as if I was a bit mad. And he went, okay. I don't know what happened, but I think he was blessed. I think it's the way it works. I think God really likes everybody, but he especially likes me. <laughs> and you. Anybody been to see the shack? It's brilliant. Go and see it, honest. It's amazing. Now, you might not agree with all the theology of it. You might not understand all the theology of it. I don't. But it, it did so much in my heart to watch that film. It's a fantastic film. I encourage you to go and see it. And there's this picture of God speaking to this person who happens to be a black woman. And somebody, I put on Facebook about that and somebody said, well, that's not right, is it? And a friend of mine put, well, he's not a white man either. Is he? But if, I love it that, that he, the, the, the father in this keeps on saying about people, oh, I'm especially fond of him. Robert Varnum. Oh, yeah, I'm especially fond of Robert Varnum. I'm especially fond of Mark Howarth. And then this guy asks and says, is there anybody that you're not especially fond of? And he says, not found one yet. <laughs> Is that good enough for you? Have you received that for you? Do you know God's especially fond of you? How is he going to make a difference in your life to go through life knowing God is especially fond of me? So tonight I just want to quickly outline a few powerful truths about blessing along with some practical tips to help you put it into practice and if you want to make notes on this you can review it in the week number one blessing is prophetic when you bless in accordance with the father's intentions and purposes according to scripture your blessing is a powerful prophetic declaration one of the new testament greek words for blessing one of the main ones is euolegio which means a literally good word or speak well of now as I said the word, maybe some of you picked it up. When do we hear the word eulogy? When do we usually hear a eulogy? Sorry? At a funeral. When we've waited all their life to, to say something nice about somebody and now they're dead and they can't hear it. So we say all the good things about them. That's often the case. I've done a lot of funerals. And to be honest with you, even if that person never had a good word to say about anybody else, they'll always drag somebody out to say a good word about them because they're dead. And a eulogy is a, when you give somebody the job to do their best to say a good word about somebody. You know, to reflect on their past achievements and their past life and to just all the good stuff. I went, I did, I went to one years ago and all they, all they could say about this guy to be honest with you was that he was a Manchester United fan. That was about the only positive in his life and to be honest with you, as a Manchester United fan, I agree it was a positive but some people might not even agree that was. But the father speaks a positive word of blessing over us and he doesn't wait until we're dead 
to be able to do that. In fact, he says it before we're even born. He continues to speak a positive word over you into the future. He speaks his blessing forwards and that blessing has power to bring something to pass. The, the, it's a prophetic thing. See, in our culture today, are people more likely to complain, negatively criticise, or to be positive and to bless? M- miles more. Miles more negative. And yeah, there's a lot to be negative about. I'm not saying that we shouldn't you know, ever do that. There's things that we should rightly stand up for justice and various things like that. But a lot of it is just a moan. And it isn't actually making any difference. It's just making us feel different in a negative way. People are way more likely to forecast bad than to prophesy good. I was thinking about this in the worship. If somebody said, can you imagine anybody winning like the football league or whatever, Premier League, who at the beginning of the season and throughout it consistently said, well, you know, we're rubbish and we're probably not going to win. Will, will they win? No. Will anybody ever win a gold medal at the Olympics who's like, I know I've got a lot of talent and good team and good coach and all that kind of stuff, but to be honest with you, everybody else is way better than me. Are they ever going to get the gold medal? Why not? They've got the same talent, they've got the same gifts, they've got the same coach as somebody else. What is making the difference? Come on, speak back a bit, because this is important. Not even attitude, no. Words. Their words are creating their reality. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to win. Guess what? You won't be, and you won't. Because you just made that happen. You prophesied a negative result. And it's just, that is what's going, it's going to happen. I bet I'm going to mess this one up again. See, in people's stories of their lives, in their family lives so often, it, it, you know, it, can be, it can be like a false humility, you know, just to play me down and pull myself down and, you know, etc., but it can also be reinforced in the family. Maybe you're in a family and nobody ever said anything massively good about you. Or, and, and, and when it's somebody with authority speaking into your life, that becomes like a curse. So if it's a parent, or if it's a teacher who says, you're, you're rubbish at that, it, it can be like a curse. You're no good at that. You're never going to succeed. Their words can bind you up. Or you can bring the curse on yourself. What's the point in carrying on? I'll never stick it out. I always, I always mess this kind of thing up. I'm, I'm rubbish at maths. I'm sick and tired. What are you going to be like? What are you going to feel like if you say I'm sick and tired? I wish I was dead. What's your life going to be like? We're creating it. 
with our words. You have got authority over your words. You have got authority. God has given it you in all kinds of ways over your life. Nobody else has got the same amount of authority to speak words over your life as you have. And to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter what powerful words anybody else speaks over your life if you're speaking a more powerful word, a negative one, over you. You're cancelling it out. Even if God says, I am your father and I have blessed you and you are going to be a blessing, you have still got the power to say, well, no. I believe, I believe, and we short circuit so much of that blessing in our lives. So I want us to practice because we practice the negatives. And there's far more negatives that we can say. So this is going to feel really unnatural to some people and I don't care because we're going to do it something, something supernatural which is please stand up if you're able to stand up. And I want everybody to open your mouth and speak the truth out about yourself. And this is it. I am loved. I am blessed. I am a blessing. You see the words up there? Now if we were singing them in the worship song, you'd probably just do them easily. Just look at the words. Think about it. And then just quietly say them first of all. When you're ready. I'm loved, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Say it, say it twice. Okay. Take a deep breath, put your shoulders back. Take a big deep breath in and then let it out slow. This is the truth about you. This is what the Bible says. This is what the God who made you says about you. He knows it's true and he wants you to know it's true and he wants you to be able to declare the truth about who you are. You've sang it before. Some of us are way better at speaking the truth about who he is than who we are. I am loved by you. I am loved by you. It's who I am. So, you know, if it helps, just clench your fists together and do something that makes you feel strong in God. And then look at the words again. In fact, point at the words and say them. I am loved. I am blessed. I am a blessing. One more time. I am loved. I am blessed. I am a blessing. Turns the person next to you, look them right in the face, take it in turns. One goes first, the other one goes next. And one line at a time, you're going to say those things to each other. Even though it feels weird and we're British, some of us aren't British, it doesn't matter. Turns the person next to you, say that. Okay, high five somebody. And then take a seat. Take a seat. There's supernatural power in these kind of declarations. 
Well, because of the way that our world usually works, speaking and, pr- and saying and even praying out words of blessing might seem unnatural for us at first. It's got to become more natural to us because it, it's a lot more natural for us to run ourselves down. It's a, it's a lot more natural for us to be able to find some way to pull ourselves down. We have to practice being supernatural. And people think that means going and praying for people's legs to grow and you know, stuff like that. This is a supernatural thing to be able to do this. If we're ever going to reign in life the way the Bible says that we're made to do, created to do and saved to in Christ Jesus, we have to align our words with the kingdom of God and with what God says about us and the blessings that God has got to inherit for us. And you'll never, listen, you'll never declare God's prophetic truth about anybody else the way he wants you to if you can't declare it about yourself. You just won't. Because you'll want to, and a little voice will stop you. That little voice is a lie. Because that's the truth. So maybe some of us need to start waking up in the morning and saying that. And when you go to bed, saying that, and just saying, thank you God for that truth that I am loved and I am blessed and I am a blessing. Number two, blessing carries an impartation. So you always see this in the Bible. See, it's like a blessing isn't just words. It's like it's something tangible. It's like stuff. It's like something that, that sticks on people. It's like it's tangible and powerful and real. And it's something people carry, if you like, and then it's given and placed on somebody else or on some other place. It's, this is why people wanted to be blessed so badly. It was like, you've got something. I want it. Give it to me. God instructed his priest to speak a blessing over God's people and it kind of was onto them, if you like, the way in which the, the language works. It's like, you know, people would, and people would be standing there, the people would stand there and the priests would come and they'd be like, I want some of this. I want this kind of blessing. What, was it, what did the blessing involve? Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27 says this, May the Lord bless you and keep you or protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favour and give you his peace. Who wants that? I want that. Well, God says we bless people like this. He told the, you pray for people, you pray for them like this and you bless your family like this. You bless your home like this. You bless your, the people, your neighbours like this. And God says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. It's like God says, I'm going to write something on them when you bless them like this. I'm going to put my name on them. That's an impartation, isn't it? Something is being imparted onto them. The words were put on the people. who, rec- But they had to receive them by faith too. Because otherwise it's just words. If, if, if I pray a blessing over you at the end of this evening, you know, if we do that, it can mean nothing. But if you receive it by faith, it can change something. You've got to take it. You've got to say, yeah, I'll have that. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Whose name is on you? It starts with a J. (laughs) See, you're a Christian, aren't you? If you're a Christian. Christian. There's a clue. His name's on you. 
As the priest spoke that blessing, something tangible, something kingdom was imparted and put on the people. And then God would follow up his words to make sure a blessing came about. And that word peace that's up there, you already know, if you go to Jerusalem now, you're going to hear people saying, shalom, shalom, shalom. It's like, hello. But it means so much more than just hello. It's, it's this incredible fullness of life that's included in the idea of, of, of shalom. It's like ultimate in terms of just a prospering life, a healthy, full life is all part of what this is about. Sorry, go back. In fact, no, we can put it on. Go on. Thanks, Randy. When Jesus sent the disciples out into the world to go on mission for him, look how he did it. Luke 10. Whenever you enter somebody's home, by the way, we're supposed to live on mission all the, all the time now, aren't we? So this is like, you know, when we go to somebody's house, anybody's, we can do this. Whenever you enter somebody's home, may, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they're not, the blessing will return to you. So you can't lose, can you? See, Jesus is basically saying to the people, now I've, these disciples, I've put something on you, you're carrying something. And wherever you go, you can drop it off. And if they don't want it, you get it back, so it's okay. But even if you give it away, you never really give it away because it, it always comes back to you anyway. It's the way it works. But imagine if we saw it like that. I was saying before in the prayer time about if we could see what was actually happening in the supernatural realm, how much more we readily would do stuff. But if, if like today, you know, I wish I'd done something and gave you all a little bag and it said blessing on it or whatever, and then you, you took it and you walked out of here with it and you knew now wherever I go, I've got this little bag of blessing and I, I can, oh, I'm going to put that on their neighbour's house. Like that. And it might do something super powerful in that home. And if they go, oi, what are you doing leaving that bag here? Take it back. You can take it back. That's all right. But when you look at, again, when you get home, you're going to find you've got a bigger bag of blessing at home. Why? Because you gave it away. It is funny. I like it. And he's saying, it's like you're going to put He's going to put his name on, on them. This is all tied up with his blessing idea. He's going to put his peace on them, on a person, on a family. How many, do you know somebody who could do with a blessing? Do you know a family who could do with a blessing? Do you know, a per, you know do you, is there somebody who's really struggling and going through something who could do with a, with a blessing? You can pray that. And you can pray for something to stick on them. And it will remain. Did you notice that? It's going, to, it's going to remain on them. This, this, this teaches something about the kingdom culture. You have got the ability to bless, to be able to bring shalom, to impart something powerful by the Holy Spirit through you, in your home, in your workplace, in your office, on the street, every place you go, wherever you are, whenever you go, you can impart, boom, peace. Shalom. You know? Hello. Shalom. Because blessings and power come through us. If we could see that through our words, the things that we say, there's something incredible that can be released through that. Number three, blessing is powerful. 
actually is even more powerful in, terms of, in times of opposition. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What's that mean? Basically it's saying, either way, you know, the say, you know the saying, you will eat your words? That's true, one way or the other. Life-giving words, sourced in the Father's heart, release God's truth, and they break the power of curses and of negativity. And spoken or written words of blessing are like dynamite. They're powerful enough to cut through every plan and every strategy of the enemy. And God's people have always known this, and for centuries they've written out prayers of blessing and things like that, which is something that in our kind of tradition we don't tend to do very much, but there's something really powerful about it. Fourth century, I think it was, St. Patrick um, was on the run um, as he was in Ireland and trying to bring the gospel there, and there was a gang of bandits that were come and get him, and he wrote this thing called St. Patrick's Breastplate, which is an incredibly powerful prayer and there's a number of different versions of it but I, want, I thought I'd like it'd be good us to be able to stand and do this as a declaration so please stand and we're going to do this and again don't just say the words and if the band can come up because they're going to sing straight after it but we're going to it's quite long and we've not finished the talk by the way we're just going to do this and then we're going to worship and then I'm going to finish the talk but imagine if every morning you, you woke up and you said this Imagine the difference in your life. And it's dead easy because you can just Google St. Patrick's Breastplate and it's on there. Let's say the words together. I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three. I'm not even saying you need to know all, what all the words mean. D forget that. Declare the truth. Ready? I bind this day to me forever. By power of faith, Christ's incarnation, his baptism in the Jordan River, his death on the cross for my salvation, his bursting from the spiced tomb, his riding up the heavenly way, his coming at the day of doom, I bind unto myself today. I bind unto myself the power of the great love of the cherubim, the sweet well done in judgment's hour, the service of the seraphim, confessor's faith, apostle's word, the patriarch's prayer, the prophet's scrolls, all good deeds done unto the Lord and purity of virgin souls. I bind unto myself today the virtues of the starlit heaven, the glorious sun's life-giving ray, the whiteness of the moon at even, the flashing of the lightning free, the whirling winds, tempestuous shocks, the stable earth, the deep salt sea around the old eternal rocks. I bind unto myself today the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his heart to hearken to my need. The wisdom of my God to teach, his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly host to be my guard. Against the demon snares of sin, the vice that gives temptation force, the natural lusts that war within, the hostile men that mar my course, or few or many, far or nigh, in every place and in all hours, against their fierce hostility, I bind to me these holy powers. 
against all Satan's spells and wiles, against false words of heresy, against the knowledge that defiles, against the heart's idolatry, against the wizard's evil craft, against the death wound and the burning, the choking wave and the poison shaft. Protect me, Christ, till thy returning. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. I bind unto myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three, of whom all nature hath creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Word, praise to the Lord of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. Please take a seat. The last point is that um, blessing flows out of an abundance mindset. See, we often talk about blessing. We can, you know, we can uh, say a blessing over the food. Um, is it, we sing about God blessing our gracious queen, I think. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's all good. Even when somebody sneezes, we're like, oh, bless you. But we've lost the power of blessing because we've lost the meaning of blessing. And we've reduced it sometimes to like a wish something we kind of hope happens. But the kingdom mindset of a blessing is knowing who you are and knowing what you can do as a result of who you are in relation to God. Knowing that you're blessed and so you can bless. It comes from knowing who God is and knowing who you are so you can bless from a position of plenty. You can bless from a position of abundance. You can bless from a it's interesting that Steve, we didn't talk about that, but it's like you've got a cup half, but it's not half full, it's, it's running over. Do you know why? Because that's what the Bible says in Psalm 23. If you know the Lord, your shepherd, your cup's going to run over. So you can bless. So in the context of prayer, blessing requires a shift of perspective because you're not you see we can pray and we can pray for something but when you're blessing you're praying from something you're praying from a position if you like and you're praying with something you've got something and you're bringing that to bear if you like Jesus said freely you have received freely give can you give if you haven't received? How do you receive? Freely. Jesus already paid for it. You can only give what you've got. But when you do, he multiplies it. You're blessed. And to the extent that you know that you're blessed, you'll be a blessing. You're blessed. And you can stand in that blessing. And when you do, 
you'll know that you're empowered to be able to bless others. And the more you comprehend the abundance that you've received from God, the more you apprehend, it's a great word, take hold of all that you've got access to, then you'll have more to release. And you'll see that blessing flow and flow and never, ever run out. And how do we do it? It's faith. Blessing is all linked to faith. Hebrews 11, verses 20 to 21 says, It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was like his dying last thing that he did was to leave a blessing for the next generation. Blessing is something you carry for others. Those of us who are parents have got a special mandate to bless our children. It's so powerful. Those bedtime prayers are huge. It's not just, if it's not a habit you're in, start. It's like the most important thing. It's so important that we pray over our children and we bless our children. Those of us who have any kind of leadership have got a special mandate from God to bless those who we serve. We've made leadership something else other than that sometimes, but it's meant to be about serving and blessing people. Scripture is full of examples of people and especially parents and leaders who did this. In God's kingdom, if we become God's sons and daughters through faith in Jesus, then we are all priests. And the Old Testament blessing was that the priests would come and they would bless the people and we saw the form of words that they would use to do that. But now we don't have a particular form of words to say. You can be led by the Holy Spirit in terms of how you pray for blessing for other people. But again, let's practice. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are blessed to be a blessing. And you reply and say, you're right. Okay. I want to give you a little thing to practice, in a sense, something to have a go with in the week, if you like, and as a practice for this. And then, because uh, who, who is now, have I done anything to try and convince you about the power of blessing? I hope so. Great. But it's one thing to be convinced and know that blessing is powerful. It's quite another thing to know how to put it into practice. And as I say before, the main thing is not to formalise this and, not, and, and to be led by the Holy Spirit. But there are ways we can practice and words that we can use. Like I said before, because we're so good at the negative words sometimes, we actually have to practice some positives and it's good to be able to do that. And this isn't a formula, but... We remember the source of prophetic blessing is God. Your intimacy with God is where the blessing is going to flow through you. And the Holy Spirit can do that. But one of the best ways is to find a verse of scripture and declare it. Declare its truth being released into your life or into somebody else's life or into somebody else's situation. So for example, 
I'm reading through one of my favourite passages in the Bible, Joshua chapter 1. And I can read it and I can go, oh, that's all really nice, good stuff, be courageous and bold and all that kind of stuff, and turn the page and do the next one. Or I can release its power through a prophetic declaration of blessing. Which one would you rather do? Let's go for B. Prophetic declaration, therefore, based on Joshua chapter 1. Please stand. If you can read the words, read them and mean them. Ready? This is a new day. I am entering into the promised land. I am entering into the plans and purposes of God for my life. I am entering into my inheritance and receiving God's promises, every one. Nothing can stand in my way and no enemy will prevail against me, for God is with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. I am strong and courageous. I am not fearful or discouraged. I feed on the word of God. I keep God's word in my heart and I obey it. I have success in that which God has called me to. Was that better than just reading it through? Let's do it one more time. I think you were warming up. We ready? This is a new day. I am entering into the promised land. I am entering into the plans and purposes of God for my life. I am entering into my inheritance and receiving God's promises. Every one. Nothing can stand in my way and no enemy will prevail against me for God is with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. I am strong and courageous. I am not fearful or discouraged. I feed on the word of God. I keep God's word in my heart and I obey it. I have success in that which God has called me to. And you can declare that over somebody else too, can't you? You could, what do you do? How do you do that? You just say you. Don't you? Change the I to you. How hard is that? Is it hard? Right, turn to the person next to you and do it then. Ready? One, one of you put your hand up out of the two. You're going to be the one who's going to do it over the other one. Okay? Ready? Read it and do it. And point it out and just speak this truth over them. This is practicing blessing somebody. Go for it. Okay. Some of you are thinking, why didn't he do it, make it easy for us and just put you in and do another slide? 
because I also have a life and I don't want to spend all my time making flipping PowerPoints, to be honest with you. Okay, we've got a shorter one. Shorter one than that. Luke chapter 4. Jesus said this over himself, didn't he? Do you remember that? He took a passage from the Old Testament, read it out, then we're reading. He said, this has been fulfilled. Right now, as you've heard it being said, as I've been speaking it, it's being fulfilled. And then he sat down, like a boss. <laughs> yeah? So, let's, let's, let's declare that over us, over yourself. Ready? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Go to somebody that you didn't go to last time and say that over them. We're nearly done. We're going to worship in a minute. That's good. I see people laying a hand on something. It's good to do that. Putting a hand on the shoulder and declaring it. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.